In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and it's hard to believe that the month of January 2020 is almost over. And uh, with that, I'd like to thank our listeners that are tuning in each week or listening to us on iTunes, um, Google Play, or another avenue. And for new people, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be listening from. Now, if you're new to this series, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So download this series on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. In the series, you can listen to great advice, leadership success stories, stories that you can learn from, stories, stories that can motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the key to your success. Now, I invite you to connect with me. Please send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Let me know what you want to hear about. Send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Now, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to today. Now, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to do something a little different, and we're actually going to talk to an entrepreneur who started a number of businesses, and we're going to pick his brain not only about the industry he is in now, but also how he has been able to make his startups successful. And making startups successful today is hard because eight out of 10 of them fail. And this is regardless whether you're in B2B or B2C. They fail because of many reasons, product offers, management, and many other reasons. And today, our customer and consumer behavior is also making it more difficult for them to succeed, more difficult than it was 20 years ago. Today, we as consumers are more demanding and we just simply don't think in the terms of channels anymore. We look for products and services in multiple places, thus creating omni-channels. And the rise of omni-channel is sure to continue in 2020, especially in retail. Therefore, retailers need to provide consistent product and service regardless of channel. And one of the most growing channels is the internet retail. Internet retailing is riding an upward trend, and this is due to technology, but also savvy millennials and new generation Zets who look and consume online. And also the growing consumerization of the middle class is adding to this. Now this convenience by online platforms acts as magnets to this new generation of consumers. But it's also a big C with a lot of fish in it. And trying to be successful takes market understanding, online retail understanding, and entrepreneurial leadership skills. And today, we're going to talk to somebody who has all those skills. Now, our guest today is Luke Peters, and he has started over five businesses. His current brand, New Air, is growing with over 50 employees and multi-eight-figure sales, which Luke started only started this business as a side hustle out of his garage, and he has been successful. And this business has been ranked as one of the fastest growing private internet retailers in America for three consecutive years, according to Inc. Now, Luke's 
newest venture is also an e-commerce service and is www.retailband.com. And he's also the host of the Page One podcast, which is a twice-weekly podcast featuring a variety of guests and thought leaders on the topics ranging from channel strategy, tariffs, influence marketing, product launches, and much more. And we're lucky to have Luke on the show with us today. Welcome, Luke. Thanks for having me, Kimberly. Excited to be here and uh, speak to the audience. Yeah. So, so let's just let's start um, with a very basic question because you started a a online retail business, okay? And um, what made you start that? And and where do you think the online retail business is going? Sure. Um, now, happy to answer that. So. You know, after college, so prior to college, you know, I had worked my own jobs and even started my own swimming pool service business and used that to pay for college. And then afterwards, I worked as a hazardous waste scientist, um, got, studied microbiology. And, you know, the it was, it, it's it's a really fun subject, but the pace is really slow, when especially mm-hmm. when you work in the government. Yeah and, yeah. and just not that exciting. You know, my little brother was selling stuff online and and uh, making good money and having a lot of fun and driving a nice car. And I'm driving a, a beat up old <laughs> truck into Los Angeles, stick shift, no air conditioning. And, and I'm like, wait, something's wrong with this picture. You didn't go to college. And um, yeah, so that's how I, you know, just got my mind thinking, okay, I got to understand what's going on here. And this is around 2001, you know, mm-hmm. right after the dot-com bust. And um, yeah, that, that's, that's really was the, you know, the initiative was, was based on seeing his example and also just having that curiosity and, and kind of burning the midnight oil and starting the business at that time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and you went into, so you started this business and went into retail. Now, what what do you think, I mean, it's a big trend, okay, but how does it compare against, you know, walk-in retail? Um, do you think walk-in retail is going to disappear someday or do you think that they're both going to exist side by side with each other? Where do you see the future going? Yeah, I mean it's it's always it's just going to keep going more and more and more to online um, for a lot of reasons. Of course, there's always going to be walk-in, and I think what you're seeing now is, I mean, there's people a lot smarter than me who who are kind of understanding the trend. And I think where it's going is, you know, when you walk in, it's about experience. So a lot of the old stores where it's just endless rows of of product are maybe closing their doors, and then newer. Um, experiential stores are, are opening and even digital first brands are opening some key experiential type of uh, stores. I mean, of course the Apple store would be like a really good example, but then you have a Mm. lot of other brands that are doing the same thing. So, you know, physical retail is going to be there. It's just going to be different. Mm-hmm. And um, so, assuming phys- it's going to stay there, physical retail is going to stay there, but online is continuing to grow. When you're putting bro- products online, uh, how, how do you know how to position them online? I mean, me as a consumer, sometimes I get confused, but, but you actually have a retail site. How do you know what to offer and how to position? Yeah, I mean, and that starts with, with building your brand. So, first, you have to make decisions, you know, so making deciding what not to sell, you know, it's the first one, right? So your brand, mm-hmm. everybody's brand is going to be focused around something that they think they can offer some sort of unique proposition in the marketplace. So we're building our brand at New Air and focusing right now heavily in the uh, kind of the wine and beer category of, of uh, wine and beer coolers, for example. And then we do some um, heating and cooling products. So it's a lot of stuff for the kitchen, but you know, we, there's areas we definitely stay out of as well. So first, you know, you define your brand and your, and your target um, audience and customer and 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 um, an addressable market, but yeah, that that's where it starts. And then understanding the customer journey. You know, people don't just go straight to Amazon and buy. I mean, unless you're selling um, just kind of disposable products or or really inexpensive products. But you know, ours are more higher consideration, average order value over two hundred dollars. So what that means is, you know, the customer journey. Their customers might be thinking about this for three months. They might hear about mm-hmm. it from their friends. They might see it on social. So you need to be, as a brand, available in all of those areas and and kind of have that opportunity to catch the customer at any one of those um, single points. Mm-hmm. And, and in this customer journey, so you're offering the products online and in this customer journey, it may take them three months to think about it. But how, how do you then, as an online retailer, 
um, weigh the inventory behind it. And I'm asking this question. I had an experience where I ordered something online before, and it was supposed to come within two weeks, and then it didn't come for two months. Okay, um, how do you balance that? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, in our business, you have to have it quick. So we we have all the inventory because it's mm-hmm. you know sales happening all the time, and um, so yeah, that that's that's called demand planning, and it is mm-hmm. extremely difficult for online retailers. And usually, you know, there could be oversupply or undersupply issues, and and it's a it's a huge balancing act, and you know re- requires some capex, and um, is you know one of the of a, it's a challenge of being a physical product brand, but also. Uh, can be a competitive advantage, you know, because it's it's hard for others to just hop into that type of business. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and so now you have somebody who's gone onto the site and and you know they've ordered. What are you doing with customer service online? Okay, are you using bots? Are you do you have live people? Do you have emails? How do you deal with somebody who's buying via your um, online retail store? Right. And, and so people are buying. So we're selling direct to consumer, but we're also selling through, you know, HomeDepot.com, Wayfair.com, mm-hmm. Lowe's, Amazon. So we're all over the place. And yeah, absolutely. You have to service all those customers. So we're not using bots. Um, it's It can be a challenge because our products can break. They're, they're, as much as we try to pack them out, you know, we could have, they could weigh 50, 75, 125 pounds. And so you have to be there for the customer. And um, mm-hmm. some of those are difficult calls. So yeah, we have a dedicated team for that, and we handle all the inbound um, for all of our product calls from all of those uh, major accounts. Mm-hmm. Is there is there any um, technology that that you're using that's helping you with this customer service coordination? Yeah, th- well, I mean there is because um, I mean we're using like Freshdesk will be you know kind of our ticketing system, mm-hmm. and then we're on NetSuite, so um, we have. You know the calls will tie into to NetSuite and uh, you know with the voice over IP, and but at the end of the day, it's a very you know human to human interaction. So mm-hmm. there isn't technology that can say eliminate that part. We're using chat because I do think a lot of customers like the chat. So uh, between a year ago and now, we've probably take about thirty percent of our conversations are chat when they were zero. So that, so that's nice. And that's good for, uh, for the consumer because, you know, they have the choice to call, but oftentimes people just want to chat. So I, I think that was a nice um, addition of technology. And then, um, you know, then we use some um, service tracking features uh, just using basic, I mean, SurveyMonkey offers these things to, on a, on a um, enterprise and business level. So behind the scenes, there can be um, surveying to ensure that consumers are receiving you know, good service. So uh, CSAT and NPS um, um, tracking. So when mm-hmm. you track those scores over time, you can understand what your service levels are and where you need to um, improve. Okay, great. Well, um, the, 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 we're going to take a short break, Luke. And uh, when we come back, um, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the customer and, and the customer journey. And, and I want to talk to you about marketing, okay? Um, sure. How you're actually marketing the internet retail business. And for our listeners, we are going to take a short break, and we are speaking with Luke Peters. And Luke Peters has started over five businesses, and his current brand, New Air, is growing with over 50 employees and multi-eight-figure sales, which Luke started this company out of his garage. And it's ranked as one of the fastest-growing private internet retailers in America for three consecutive years, according to Inc. Now, Luke also has a podcast, if you want to listen to that, is called Page One Podcast, where he talks to leaders of CPG brands, and you can tune into that. Now, if you want to reach Luke, please go to the website at retailband.com, and on there, you also have a tab for his podcast. Now, you can also reach Luke under Luke-Peters on LinkedIn, so please reach out to him. And he'll answer any questions that you like. Now, I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, a leadership and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Now, this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. Cinda holds com- conferences in Europe 
And the next conference will be held May 24th to 26th in Berlin. Now, for more information, please go to www.cinda.org under Localcom 2020. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Every day in business, we hear jargon, see writing from so-called experts, and don't know what we should follow and what we should avoid. Now, there's a program to sort everything out. The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman is the program that provides actual best practices, insights, and real-world solutions that help business executives, technology executives, managers, and staff using straightforward talk. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. And today we're talking with entrepreneur Luke Peters. And he has started over five businesses in his current new business, New Air, is growing with over 50 employees and multi-eight-figure sales. Now, Luke started this business in his garage, and we all know how difficult it is for startups to succeed, and he is a great example of helping or making businesses succeed. Now, we talked a little bit before the pause um, about the retail internet business, which is what you're in, and um, customer journey and customer service. And, And Luke, once, you know, customer journey is so important once you get them onto that website. And you said what you were doing with surveys, and that's that's excellent to, to show your interest in the customer. But how do you get them onto the, um, how do you get them into your internet retail business, okay? Um, what marketing channels are you using? Yeah, good question, Kimberly. And, and I mean, really... I mean, everybody's going to have a lot of different, well, people, marketers will have a lot of different ways to do this. And of course, you know, there's there's paid media and social. And what I really like is, you know, owning content marketing. So mm-hmm. content marketing, as much as you can own the media, um, meaning like with social is great. And we've done good with uh, Instagram. So for example, like our Instagram has gone in, in a year and a half, we've gone from pretty much zero to say 22,000 um, followers and with good engagement. Um, and so that's, Good for our uh, for uh, an appliance brand, and we're actually bi- uh, you know bigger on Instagram than most of the bigger brands that you might think of. But the thing is, you know, on Instagram and Facebook, uh, you know, Instagram and Facebook kind of control your audience, so they don't. You're not your message doesn't get out to everybody. So what I really like to your question is, you know, own um, Google results, own search, own YouTube videos. You know, YouTube's the number two uh, use search 
right now, and then Amazon is number three. So if your products rank on Amazon, that it should be considered a marketing um, channel, literally, even though it's a product sales channel, you know, and because it's getting in front of people, even if you don't convert. And um, so, yeah, those are the different ways. Well, well, talk to me a little bit more about content marketing. So, so what exactly are you doing in that area? Yeah, so content, the first thing is, you know, for folks that aren't interested, you know, it's, it's, it's creating great, useful content that's going to show up in search results, that's going to engage um, the, the readers or, or watchers of, of your content. And so what we're doing is um, we're doing influencer marketing with our products. So we are um, engaging uh, micro-influencers and working with them through their channels and their network and their audience. So they'll, they'll do um, video reviews and, and maybe Instagram posts. And through that, we're getting third-party um, trusted content. Meaning, is is you know, content marketing as much as you can have other people talking about your content, the more the better because that's who the consumer trusts. You know, they don't always trust the brand, and mm-hmm. you know, so that's that. And then, of course, we're doing you know, blog on our newer site, and we get just tons and tons of of blog traffic. Um, and we have really, really um, wide range of topics, and uh, it just. Lots of traffic to our newer.com site, which, you know, helps drive sales and, and helps with email capture and a few other things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and on the blogging, so you said you have a lot of different topics. Okay. Um, do you, is there one thing that you've seen that's more successful? Is it advice or is it, um, you know, certain areas related to your products that are more successful in blogging? That yeah. Yeah, you know, here and, and there is, but here the thing with blogging is blogging doesn't always convert the sales. So you have to know, mm-hmm. you got to know what your conversion is. So for us, it'll be saying email capture, and then then we add that to our email list, and we and we can hopefully you know uh, send out a, a offers down the road to those customers. And what we found works is just really useful information like you know how to store your wine, certain articles, and how to store. And now that's a very generic one, so it'll be mm-hmm. specific articles on wine storage specific articles on wine aging over time. So, you know, because we're in that, type, that, that category is important to us. Um, heating, it might be things on like safety tips for heating. So it's, it's usually about, it's quote unquote about information, you know, regarding to, regarding some of our topics and those customers that come in, you know, they're not really going to have purchase intent often at that time. They might be really top of funnel in the research uh, phase. So, you're getting them in early, you're educating them, and, and we found that that type of educational blog um, content is is really good to have. And then, you know, just quickly, I would say podcasting is also an incredible content source, and that, that's what I'm using for Retail Band. So we're focusing more on podcasts there. And um, it's a different type of, of potential customer, but that's also a really good content marketing approach. Mm-hmm. And and with that, um, you said retail ban. Can you just tell us a little bit about that, and 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 why is podcast so helpful with that business that you're doing? Yeah, I mean, and just like today, Kimberly, like we're having this conversation, and and it really people want to work with people they know, and if they can't meet them face to face, you know, they're going to get to know you kind of you know through your voice and through the, your conversation, and and so retail band is is. In, in this company is a business where we help other online retailers and other online brands um, mm-hmm. sell, be more successful in the digital space. So a lot of them are really good in store, or maybe they're just good on Amazon, but they don't really understand digital. They don't have a strategy. They don't, they're not strong in their website. They don't know how to sell into Home Depot.com and Wayfair.com. So what happens is in a podcast, you know, I can talk to different experts and, that, and that, that's what we do is talk to different brand experts. First of all, first of all, I learn a ton. So I'm taking mm-hmm. notes and applying them. But what happens is, you know, you get really good potential customer engagement. People really, you know, they're going to hopefully know, like, and trust you. And when they do that, then your odds of, of potentially working with them go way up, you know, versus just blog content, which is great, but, you know, it's mm. harder to consume and slower and you don't get that personal connection. So that's why I really love um, podcasting. Yeah, and that's true. You don't get that personal connection with the, the blog. I mean, it's fun and it's fun to read and you get capture emails, but um, I understand what you're saying. Um, Luke, I'd like to come back to, to one of my favorite marketing channels, um, influencer marketing, okay? Um and it's it's quite effective, but it's also not that easy to work with. Okay, so how are you approaching that? Yeah, well, you, you 
hit it right there. It is not easy. <laughs> it is actually very difficult. Um, I think what you have to do, it's like everything in business. You know, you have to take a step back and have a plan and and know what your objectives are. So we're not working with the biggest influencers. I, I did, I'll tell you, I just direct messaged <laughs> Ice Cube, okay, the rapper, because I, I, want, I want to work with a guy with our ice makers, but I don't know. I haven't heard back from Ice Cube yet, but you know, he's like a mega influencer. So, but on with the micro influencers, um, is, you know, what you need, what you need first is you need a platform. So, you know, we've created a platform where we're able to, and, and a workflow, literally just to HubSpot, just to a, but, it, but a really um, focused workflow that makes it a lot easier. So when we're reaching out to folks and there's follow-up emails and contracts and say we work with somebody, there's 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 going to be an email that's going to specify all the things that, that are going to need to happen. It's not manual. Okay, so so use something like HubSpot to create your email workflows and and also and, and you know just simplify the whole process. So first focus on process because like you said, it's not easy. And then number two, you know, think about the product you have. Is the product you have, ask your friends, would they take their time? How valuable is it? Would they take their time to, you know, create a post? create a video for the value of your product. If yes, it's going to be really easy for you. If no, then you're going to have to um, pay these influencers mm-hmm. because, you know, it's it's time on their end. And how do you find them? Because there, there seems to be um, a general assumption, and I've had this discussion with a couple influence marketing uh, agencies that influencers are under twenty five. Okay, and you've got products that are being bought from from every age group. Okay, how do you how do you find the right influencer for those products? Okay, well, and that's definitely a misconception. There's, yeah. there's many older and and. Um, you know, Gen X influencers. So for our products, you know, we may want people, you know, we're definitely going to be a lot of uh, mom, you know, maybe mom influencers. So depending if there's like a product that might fit with the family, they might be really good. Or there could be um, contractor influencers. So people who are, say, in the home building category, they're going to be really strong. And those are two categories that we find a lot of, uh, I mean, there's a lot of strong female branded influencers in our category. And, um, and they really know how to use Instagram. But the thing is, here's the thing, everybody's using Instagram. What I'm saying is YouTube. So YouTube a little bit, it, it has demographics all over the place, a lot of younger, but also a lot of older demos. And um, it is, I think, just a lot more engaging. You know, you're watching a video that goes for a while instead of a quick Instagram post that is archived and, and out of everybody's view after, you know, 12 hours. So that's, if you literally just go to a YouTube channel and search, you could manually, that's how we did it. We manually would just find our influencers and build lists. And then now we've created a platform that will do some of the searching for us. Oh, wow. So um, it, so you've created a platform yourself to find the searching. So how does that work? It just uh, goes onto YouTube and, and you put in what products you're selling or how, do, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, well, we, we have a discovery platform that we work with, and that, that's called Grin. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's a discovery platform. And then internally, through that, we've created our own reporting and process platform. So, in other words, you need to create some process around it. Otherwise, um, the individuals who are working on it, are it, you, don't want it, you don't want it to be too open-ended. You want there to be enough process where it's easy for people to just go and get their work done, and decisions are made ahead of time. So Grin, though, would, would be the, the um, mm-hmm. discovery platform. So and, you know, businesses can look up that one, G-R-I-N. And um, yeah, it speeds it up because it kind of qualifies influencers. It tells you, um, you know, how trusted they might be. It can give you indications if they've bought their lists or not bought their lists. Things like that that make it mm-hmm. easy for you to kind of um, you know, communicate and um, you know, get the final influencer deal done. Mm-hmm. And so you, you're recommending then YouTube um, is a really good channel for influencers. Instagram, I mean, you grew Instagram quite a bit from zero to 22,000. So um, was there any specific thing you did to make it grow that quickly? Yeah, great question. So what we did is we didn't do a lot of promotion of the business, you know, because you uh-huh. want to be kind of true to the brand. So we try, we always focus on having really great images and we focused on just the beer and wine category, even though we could have talked more about ice makers and evaporative coolers and air conditioners and fans. 
those are not as engaging to people. You know, people do love their wine. Um, an air conditioner, they just see that as something to kind of cool them down. So they're not really going on Instagram to see that. So we kind of stayed to those categories. And then we um, also do a lot of collaborations with uh, with other influencers. And that's really helped because then they bring their audience, you know, and, and we're kind of, you know, collaborating, sharing audiences. So that, that's been great as well. Mm-hmm. But, and what, what about the other channels? I mean, nobody talks about Facebook anymore or, I mean, well, Twitter's never been that great for <laughs> marketing anyways, no. okay? But but um, uh, do you use any other social media channels or tools? Yep, yep. So, so definitely, of course, YouTube. But um, I personally am using a lot of LinkedIn now. So for retail band, <laughs> I'm... I'm building out the network on LinkedIn. I love it. I, I'm not somebody who's on social chat. Before this, I was never on you know, Facebook or Instagram, and it just wasn't where I was able to spend my time. But um, I like LinkedIn. I think it's got a lot of potential. I think long-term, um, it's expensive to be on Facebook and Instagram because of uh, just because you basically have to pay to play now. Mm-hmm. You don't really own your audience. Even if we have 22,000 followers they're not all see- when we post just a fraction is seeing it right so i think for that reason um linkedin for business services is a is a great one for products you know it's it's good but for a different reason so how are you using linkedin for business services then if you have an example yeah i mean perfect example is is to find podcast guests mm-hmm. so okay. you know and and those those guests you know could become customers those guests right. could um, refer customers. And, uh, you know, LinkedIn is not, the good thing about LinkedIn is, you know, the comments are professional. Everything's professional. So I like it because I just can't stand some of the stuff that, you know, in the comments section on some of the other channels. And so it's still positive. It still hasn't been kind of, uh, taken over by, you know, an unsavory group of people. And, uh, and so from a, business perspective, like for a services business, you can, obviously you can just go and pitch clients right away. The thing with that is I think that has been overdone. So it has gotten a little spammy on that end, Mm. but as far as building a reputation and posting helpful content and you know how the sales cycle works in professional services, you know, you have to get in front of people and something happens in their life when they make a decision that they, they may want to work with you. So you have to just consistently be there Mm -hmm. and then Know, and when that moment happens in their life, then you're there for them. And that's uh, where LinkedIn can be valuable. Yeah. And I, I, I like LinkedIn also for business to business type. Um, and uh, you're right. I mean, from time to time, you see a couple things up there. But uh, in general, it's it's quite professional and, and quite targeted. Um, so, Luke, we're going to take another break. And um, when we get, this has been really interesting in your your. Um, visions and what you're doing in marketing. And when we come back, I'd I'd like to go a little bit more into the leadership area because, uh, you know, the product is, has to be good. The marketing has to be targeted, but at the end of it, it always comes down to the leadership and the people, okay, on how startups are successful. So I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that. Sounds great. Okay, and for our guests, we are li- we are talking today with Luke Peters, and he is a successful entrepreneur who has started over five businesses, and his current brand, New Air, is growing with over fifty employees and multi eight figure sales. And Luke started this business out of his garage, and this business has been ranked as one of the fastest growing private internet retailers in America for three consecutive years by Inc. Now, you can reach out to him under retailband.com, uh, and that's his website. And you can also reach him on LinkedIn under Luke slash slash Peters. And please reach out to him. He also has a podcast, the Page One Podcast, and you can find the link to that podcast on his website, Retail Band. Now, this broadcast is brought to you by Cindo, one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. Cindo holds digital conferences in Europe, and the next conference will be held May 24th to 26th in Berlin. For more information, please go to Cinda, www.cinda.org, under events and sign up to meet us in Berlin. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Lori H. Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends, consumer behaviors, and its impact on Hollywood. If you're looking to respond to the tech-fueled changes in the marketplace, then tune in to the Tech Cat Show Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Every day in business, we hear jargon, see writing from so-called experts, and don't know what we should follow and what we should avoid. Now, there's a program to sort everything out. The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman is the program that provides actual best practices, insights, and real-world solutions that help business executives, technology executives, managers, and staff using straightforward talk. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. And today we're speaking with entrepreneur Luke Peters, who started over five businesses and his current brand, New Air, is growing with over 50 employees and multi-eight-figure sales. Now, Luke started this business in his garage. And he's an entrepreneur, has been successful with more startups. So we're picking his brain today. And Luke, we kind of talked about the retail market, which is which we are dealing with currently, and um, how you're dealing with marketing in your business today. And I'd like to I'd like to talk a little bit about leadership because um, you know leadership is so important. And it's one of the reasons many startups fail. So I mean, what? When you see startups and they fail because of leadership or you see, you know, lapses in leadership, what do you think makes a good leader for a startup? Well, and and also in, in full disclosure, I mean, these are things I've had to learn over time too, Kimberly. So it's 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 uh, leadership is, you know, comes with experience. And I think that's what a lot of young entrepreneurs don't think or know about. You know, they might be they might be like able to be really active and, and knock off a, you know 100 things a minute but um, leadership I think takes you have to slow down and think and understand that the team is you know stronger than any one individual so I think that's um, a key thing and a lot of folks don't or may not have the experience to think that way and you know I had to learn that and everybody you know wants to you know get in the details and I still do by the way that's just my nature. <laughs> to know everything, but you got to realize, you know, that you, the goal is to hire smarter people than you. The other thing is that, you know, when you're, when companies are small, they don't often, often have the ability, you know, to pay for or hire smarter people than they are. So it's, it's tough. It's, um, it's easy to blame failures on leadership. I don't think they're, you know, always attributed to that. And, and, uh, I think it's more fair later on if there might be a failure, just because, um, at the beginning, it may just be the entrepreneur or, or the entrepreneur with just a couple of people. And sometimes it's the idea, the planning, you know, the focus. There, there, there could be so many different issues there. Mm-hmm. And um, when, you're, when you're talking about leadership and you just said, you know, in the beginning, it might be just the entrepreneur or one person. Um, now, you've rapidly grown okay, with your business. So how, 
as a leader, how have you managed that going from two people to 50 people? <laughs> with, all, with a lot of learnings, <laughs> a lot of learning <laughs> along the way. I think, um, you know, y- y- here's what I, I think that you have to, you have to put people first. There's a lot of people you got to put first. You know, you got to put your customers first, but you got to put your own people first too, because you know they're at the end of the day they are the business. They're they're the ones who are making things actually happen. And then the leader is there, you know, to hopefully provide the vision and the plan and the structure. And so, uh, you know, when when you're small, sometimes there isn't a big enough vision. Okay, and that that actually you know stunted the growth of a lot of companies, including mine. When we were small, we probably could have grown even quicker if there was a bigger vision. Because what a vision does it kind of gives you a compass in a direction that you're going. And so all your decisions should be based around that and, and, and decisions not to do things should be based around that. And what happens is if you don't have that, you make a lot of, you just say yes to everything and you make too many decisions going too many different directions. You know, so the analogy is, you know, your people are paddling in the boat or rowing the boat in all different directions. And um, it sounds corny, but it's so true. And I think that, um, that's a really, really important lesson is kind of, you know, starting by creating the vision and the compass and the direction and, 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 and then communicating that, which is the other problem. <laughs> and the other thing I had to learn is that you really need to over communicate that and make sure the team knows where everybody's going and what success is, because often even the team members don't know what success actually looks like. Mm-hmm. And how did you how did you do that with your team with the, the communication part? Okay, um, how how important is transparency and and how important is is how often does this have to be communicated? Yeah, and these are these are really good questions, by the way. So, I mean, a lot of this, even in the last year, Kimberly, we've done a lot of things. So, for example, I'll give you just a couple of things that we do. So, we had um, so we had a a, a wonderful um, leadership facilitator. She came in and, and worked with our leadership team, which is around ten folks here. Um, at our um, HQ in Cypress, California. So she came in and, and worked with the team on a specific plan that we rolled out. And part of it, you know, there was, all, there was like 10 different topics, you know, talking about communication and accountability and um, some different management um, objectives. But anyways, the point is doing that on a biweekly basis, you know, brings the team together. And that's just one thing, you know, then we have, you know, company lunches every month and then we have, um, company sports teams, and then we actually rolled out a, a company newsletter, which would feature you know, you know, um, different three employees every single month, and t- and then in that newsletter, I could put down kind of a quick update. So there's all these different touch points, and there's there's a few others we created as well. So there's there's different touch points where the where hopefully, you know, myself and the leadership team are kind of engaging with the whole company, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and just showing people that everybody is important and also letting people know what the objectives of the company are. Mm-hmm. Which is so important, yeah. And uh, Luke, so that, that that is really important because uh, the transparency, the accountability and getting that team together, which also goes back to what you said before, is it's about the team, it's not about the individual. Um, but as you're growing, uh, how do you find the right people t- to be part of your team? Okay. How do you find the right individuals that then you know are right for your company and for your team? Yeah, I mean, you know, hiring the right people is is difficult, and there's a lot of books I've read on it. And um, I think, I mean, you never it, 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 mm-hmm. it's it's very challenging. But I'll give you I'll give you a couple tips that have worked for me. So number one is as much as you can um, for you know for most roles this makes sense is to have a final interview where that individual has to do some sort of presentation on a difficult question that you ask them. And the reason I like that is because you can see how they problem solve. So let's say it's a marketing person and, and, and maybe they're even really specific, like it's about email marketing, then you might say, okay, some sort of test with even the software you're using that says, okay, great. Um, you know, this is, uh, we, we need to sell more of this product. Can you put together a, uh, you know, promotional strategy using th- this many emails over this period of time using this software and show us um, your game plan and how you'd roll that out and what visuals you would go after and what calls action you might use and, and kind of how you'd create the copy and, and the number of emails. So I'm getting very specific about that. But the point mm-hmm. is, you know, that's what that you're going to hire that person to do. And you don't want to interview them on a bunch of questions about, you know, what they learned in college when you're hiring 
an email expert. Mm-hmm. And so I love the test. It's it, The presentation's great. People who are, and, and you know what? Even the applicants love it because it's a, it puts a little pressure on them. But at the same time, this is what they love to do. And so I think um, I found that to be, uh, you know, one of pretty much the best way that I'm able to understand, hey, this is going to be somebody, is this going to be a good fit for them too? You know, and they got to see, you know, our, our style over there. So that, I guess that would be one key item that individuals could think about putting into their um, hiring process. Mm-hmm. How much, that's a really good tip, the presentation part. Um, I've kind of used some of that a little myself, but not in presentation more than, you know, here's a here's a project to do, and you can really see how somebody works through the problem-solving aspect of it. Um, but Luke, when it comes down to it, so how, how much does actually team fit, okay, if they're capable team fit and personality play into it when you're making these decisions? I mean, it's it's massive. It's huge, but you can't always tell. You can't always yeah. tell. You're interviewing somebody, but okay. But to your to your point, um, I would say it's big, and I'll give you a specific example. And that is that um, one of our core values is don't gossip, okay? <laughs> because it kills cultures and hurts yeah. people. And talking behind their back, it's um, besides being unprofessional, it just it can be really, it it can really hurt a culture. And so trying to understand that part in an interview is key, you know, and, and, and usually what that means is people who are, have a high level of confidence don't need to gossip. So, yeah. you know, you draw a couple of lines and you say, okay, I think, you know, this person's going to meet that core value. And that would be an example uh, to your question. And, and definitely those are things we, we look for, you know, you're never going to be, I'm not, a, I wish I was a you know, psychologist and could understand these things better, but <laughs> you learn from experience and, uh, and you understand what are, you know, are big pitfalls and, and, and it's best for everybody. You know, the whole team is going to want, um, you know, people who are team players and, and then also experience, obviously, you know, people with what you realize is the more, the longer you're in business, you realize how important experience is and bringing in people who have been there, done that. Uh, there's probably nothing better than that, honestly. Yeah, and and that's that's diversity. How, how are you? Um, how do you feel about diversity um, when you're hiring? And I, I don't mean necessarily, you know, people think race, um, um, religion, but I'm just talking about uh, big picture diversity from age to to everything else. Are you, are you looking when you're building a team, are you looking to try to build a diverse team? Yeah. Well, you know, what's, what's funny is it just happened. So I, I actually, um, I mean, it ended, it ended up that we're extremely diverse and, you know, with, with, uh, you know, both with gender and with, um, just different world experiences mm-hmm. and even, even religions. It's funny. <laughs> so I guess so we're, we're, we ended up that way. It's funny. I was talking to my daughter about that the other day and, you know, she just, graduated and she's got a great job and and uh, she's gonna definitely gonna make something of her life she's she's uh, just a great person and very driven and um, it is it's important to young people you know that the company has that the faces of the company represent the company you know mm-hmm. the faces and the in the leadership of the company represent the company so um, yeah it, it it has turned out that way and I and I have to admit not because I went out there and tried to hire a diverse company but just you know when you're you're taking your time and you're looking for the best people and, um, and then, but then when you can also match up a company like that, it really helps. And, and, uh, yeah. And I, I don't want to get into specific example, yeah. but, but let's <laughs> just say, let's just say it worked out that way. Oh, I'm definitely happy that it did. Great. So, um, so that's great. And, and Luke, we're getting towards the end. So I just want for our listeners, um, you know, a lot of people out there are startups or, or trying to, you know, make businesses successful startup. If you had, you know, three tips that just general for business to make it successful as a startup for our listeners, what would they be? Yep. Great question. I mean, the, fir- the first one is that you got to be ready to grind and you got to know that things don't happen overnight. So the, that that's the first one is look at the time you have. Put in action every single day. Stop thinking and start doing because that's a big mistake. You know, people read too much. They listen. They think too much, but they're not doing. And so, um, you know, give yourself enough of a runway of time, six months to a year even. I mean, depending if we're talking about if you don't have funding or you don't have co-founders and you're just starting a new idea, it's going to take time, especially if you're building an audience or content marketing to create kind of a leadership position. So that's one. And the other one is like when you create your plan, just know that it's going to change. So be flexible. And, um, 
you know, put your time into writing down your plan, writing down your objectives, who's your ideal customer, market, addressable market size, and all of those things, but then be open to change. You know, my, my recent venture, everything is totally changing. Once I'm talking to customers, I realize what I thought they would want is different from what they actually want. And um, those, those are the top two. And then, and then below that, when you have a team, you got you to gotta communicate. So writing down processes, being really clear with the team, and talking isn't enough. You know, and if, you, if you're managing a team, you got to write it down and show them what success means because they might be drowning over there thinking they're doing a great job and frustrated that, that you're not happy about it. And so got to be clear about what success looks like. Well, great. Those are great tips to end with, Luke. And for our listeners, we've been talking to Luke Peters, an entrepreneur. We've picked his brain today. He started over five businesses in his current brand. New Air is growing rapidly, and it's been the fastest growing private internet retailer in America for the three consecutive years, according to Inc. And Luke, uh, you can reach him on his website at www.retailband.com and also on LinkedIn under Luke slash slash Peters. So Luke, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been quite enlightening and um, really appreciate it. Thank you, Kimberly. I had a lot of fun. Okay, great. And listeners, this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. Cinda holds digital conferences in Europe, and the next conference will be held May 24th to 26th in Berlin. So for more information, please go to www.cinda.org under events localcom 2020 and sign up and Visit Cinda in Berlin. Now, Leadership Beyond Borders is also sponsored by Global Business Therapy, SRO. And Global Business Therapy has the Women's Leadership Academy 2020 and specializes in diversity and C-level development for women. Now, if you'd like to reach out to me, please contact me, Kimberly Lewis, your host at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or visit my website at leadershipbeyondborders.net. Now, please tune in to us each week at Leadership Beyond Borders. We're on Tuesdays. 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you can't listen to us live, go on to Facebook, go on to iTunes, go on to Google Play, and go on to Stitcher. You can find us all over the web and listen to our episodes. And with that, I think January 2020 is almost over. And please tune in to us next week. Thank you. Until then. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.